I want to encourage you guys, you know, you got, you know, as you have your Bibles, just continue to read through the stories. But, you know, God really has a significant purpose for your life. I mean, we've been saying that over and over and over again, how God has a significant purpose for your life. There's no accidents with God. There really is. No, you're not an accident. Nobody is an accident with God. And like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph that we looked at, God created all of you for a reason and a purpose. You know, one of the verses that I continually go back to is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are God's mas- you're God's masterpiece. And that you're God's masterpiece that he created anew in Christ Jesus to do good works. That he created you for a purpose and a reason. That you were created to do something. And as we've been reading with, you know, like especially in the book of, not the book, the story of Joseph, how, how God is there. And God will, whatever God calls you to, he will bring it to pass. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, he who, he who calls you, God, who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. And so this morning, we're going to look at how Moses, um, how God prepared Moses to really walk in the call that he prepared for him. And there's some things that we can learn about that. You know, because when you think of Moses, what do you think? You know, you think of, oh, that guy on TV with the long beard, and, you know, the parting of the Red Sea, maybe, and... And maybe you think of a burning bush, maybe, or you think of, um, parting of you know, the parting of the Red Sea and all the guys leaving and all these, the Ten Commandments, you think about those kind of things. But, but really, to get to that point, there were things that needed to happen, all right? And so Abraham lived for like 200 years, Moses lived for 120 years, and his, his really, he, he began to walk in his call when he was 80 years old. Right? So that means all of us here, you know, it's not too late. You know, God's going to do something through us because at 80 years old, um, Moses began to see what was going on uh, in, as far as God's call. In Exodus chapter 1, what we're going to read is all about Israelites needing a deliverer. All right? Joseph was there. Remember, he was second in command in, in Egypt. His family had now joined them, and things were going real great. But after a while, uh, what happened was that uh, Joseph and his brothers all passed away. And soon there was a new pharaoh, and he didn't really know anything about Joseph. Right? All he could see was, look at all these Hebrews. And, and they're, getting, they're, they're multiplying all over the place, and we've got to be careful of these guys because they'll hook up with an enemy and they'll take over our land. Right? So that's what the... The Pharaoh was saying, and so he says, guys, we gotta, we got to put an end to that. we got to squash them. In fact, you know what? Let's make them all slaves. So he made all the Hebrews slaves. And what he also said was, you know, we've got to we, we gotta do some population control here. So every, um, he told the Egyptian midwives, every time there's a baby boy, just kill it. Because yeah? just let the girls live. Boys, let's just kill it. But the midwives, they feared God. They said, we can't do that. And so um, Pharaoh said, what's going on? I still see these boys. He said, well, you know what? The, the Hebrews, they're like, they're prolific, you know, and we just can't get there in time. And so he said, okay, you know what you guys are going to do then? When you see baby boys, throw them in the Nile River. And so, you know, this was a kind of a difficult time for Israel. And, you know, there was a need for a deliverer to get them out of that land. And in, in Exodus chapter 2, verse 1, 
we read about the birth of Moses. About this time, when all this was going on, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Then it goes on. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket. The word for basket there is the same word like Noah and the ark. So it's like she got an ark made of papyrus reed and waterproofed it just like how the ark was, you know. I don't think there was an accident. And she put the baby in this basket, laid it among the reeds, reeds along the bank of the Nile River, and the baby's sister then kind of stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. As God's hand was with Joseph, God's hand is with Moses, and look what happens. Um, Pharaoh's daughter comes down to bathe in the river, and the attendants walk along the riverbanks. The, the princess sees the basket, sends her maids to get it, finds out, hey, look, it's a baby. It's one of those Hebrew uh, baby boys. And so in verse 7, uh, what happens was she says, we've got to take care of this baby. Verse 7, then the baby's sister approached the princess, should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, do that says the, um, the princess. So the girl went, called the baby's mother. See, that's how God kind of works things out. Takes the baby, take the, this baby, nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. Not only that, she said, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you to be the mom, right? How great is that uh, for your help? So the, so the woman took her baby home and nursed him. And later when the, ba- uh, the boy was older, mother brought uh, him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own, and the princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. And Moses was indeed the special baby boy because God had called him. God's call on this babe, on this boy was that he was going to be the rescuer, rescuer and the deliverer of, of the Israelites out of Egypt into the land of promise. And you know, the enemy tried to eliminate you know, all this and make it, you know, just to, to kibosh the whole thing. But God's purposes always stand. And from Acts chapter 7, we learn that Moses was 40 years old when something, when something unfortunate happened. And that began like this, this period where, where God was going to prepare him for the call. See? And that's what God will do. He's never going to call you to something and just go, oh, well, I hope you can do it. But God will prepare you for whatever he calls you to. And a lot of times, he'll use the, the kind of, you know, the, 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 the tough situations in our lives. Because that's when he has our attention. That's when we can really grow. That's when we put our faith and our trust in him. And that was true in Moses' case. In, in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11, many years later, right? So he's 40 years old now, from Acts chapter 7. Many years later... When Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. Remember, he was with Pharaoh, and he had it going good there. He looks out, and wow, they're slaves, treated really bad. During one visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions, right, it wasn't just like, you know, he, it was premeditated, right? After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. And yes, Moses was called to rescue his people, but it wasn't like that, right? That wasn't God's design for what 
and how he was supposed to deliver his people. Moses, unfortunately, took matters into his own hands and he murdered the Egyptian. And he would have to suffer some of the consequences uh, for doing so. Verse 13, the next day Moses went out to visit his people again. He saw two Hebrew men fighting now. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me? You know, as, you know, as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Busted, right? Then, <laughs> then Moses was afraid, thinking, everybody knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. And one of the things we learn is when we try to take things and do things on our own strength, it oftentimes doesn't work out very well, you know. It didn't work out so well for Moses, but God used that time from that moment on as he fled. God used that time to prepare. God used that time to prepare Moses for his call. Verse 15 says, but Moses, you know, when, when Pharaoh found out, tried to kill Moses, Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. And he goes there, it's about 285 miles away, and this began this time of preparation in the land of Midian. And this was the land of the descendants of Midian. Midian was one of Abraham's sons from a concubine Keturah, and that was his son. And um, it's interesting to note that Midian means strife, right? So he was going to the land of strife, you know? That's where God would have him. Um, not only that, you know, if you remember from um, the last story that we looked at in Joseph, it was the Midianite traders that the uh, brothers sold Joseph, you know, to. And eventually he ended up at Potiphar's house in Egypt. And God will often use times of strife and, and times of conflict and when we mess up to prepare his people for their destiny and for their call. The amazing thing is, Murdering this Egyptian did not disqualify Moses from his call. It just showed, Moses, it just showed God, man, I got, you know, he's got a long way to go. He's got a long way to go. And so he goes to Midian. And so let the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning. That you might be going through a tough time. You might be going through a challenging time. It might be a really a time of strife in your life. But, but maybe it's the Lord preparing you for what's ahead. You know, and that's a choice we all have. That's a cho choice Moses had. Are we going to just sulk and go, oh man, my life's a mess, and oh man, blah, blah, blah. or are we going to get up and say, is God doing something here? Is there something that I don't see? Because God's not given up on you. God didn't give up on Moses. God has not given up on you. You're not there by yourself. You know, yeah, you messed up, but God is there. And God is going to use all that you're going through He's going to use it for your good, that, that he sees you in your Midian, and that he's going to prepare you for what lies ahead. And so we're going to quickly look at this, some things in which Moses grew, uh, and, and he, he was trained up and prepared in this time in Midian. And these are very important things. Whenever we look for leaders in our church, these are the things I look at. These are the most important things. It's not how gifted, not how well you do something, not how smart you are. 
That's not it. It's something more important than even that. And so the first thing is that in his time in Midian, Moses grew in his relationship with God. He grew in his relationship with God. Although it might seem really harsh to be in exile away from home, it was the best place for Moses to be. See, because in Egypt, he really didn't know God. Remember, he was pretty much raised as an Egyptian in a culture that worshiped all kinds of false gods. In fact, Acts chapter 7 verse 22 tells us, Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. So he was, he was pretty much, he grew up an Egyptian. That's the culture he knew. They, they worship all kinds of gods. That's what, he, that's what he was used to. So God had to take him out of that situation and put him in a better situation where he could learn more and he could grow in his relationship with God. And so he goes off to the Midians, the Midianites there, they at least, at the very least, they knew God. They were offsprings of Abraham, and, and they lived in freedom, you see. And God allowed Moses to be there, really to get to know him, and to really begin to understand God's call for his life. And we're going to see, as the story unfolds, that, that Moses did indeed grow to know God in a very, very personal and intimate way. You know, I mean, I pray for this myself in, in, in Exodus chapter 33. How close was Moses with God? Man, I pray one day that I would, we would all get to have this experience where it says, inside the tent of meetings, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. See? I mean, how amazing is that? That God wants to be friends. That, that intimacy, that closeness that friends have, that's the relationship he and Moses ended up having. And God doesn't call a lot of people friends of his in the Bible. Abraham was one. Abraham was called a friend of God. Noah was called a friend of God. You know, one of my good friends, um, Enoch, I love Enoch because Enoch was one of those guys, he never died. You know, he, he just walked and all of a sudden he wasn't there no more. That's how I want to go. I don't want to, I don't want like, Heart attack, I don't want, you know what I want? I want to just be like Enoch. And people laugh, they go like, Mark, come on, you praying you're going to be like Enoch? I go, yeah, you ain't going to be laughing when one day you don't see me and I was like Enoch. Because the Bible says you have not because you ask not. You know what, I'm asking. Be like Enoch, right? I'm not, I'm not, I don't like pain, you know? I'm allergic to pain of any kind, right? It's like Dennis, right? It's rough, Dennis. You know, that, that oxymoron, painless dentistry. I don't think so, right? Painless dentistry, right? It's like smart pastor. I mean, you know, whatever. whatever. But we see that Moses grows to the point where God said, the Bible says God spoke to him just as a friend, face to face, as a friend does. Growing in our relationship with God is absolutely crucial if we're going to walk in the destiny that God has for us, you know, it's absolutely crucial. Second thing, in Midian, Moses grew in humility. He grew in humility. We learn in Acts chapter 7 that Moses was in Midian for 40 years. He was 40 years old when he fled there, and now what could be argued as the prime of his life 
Moses was there in Midian for the next 40 years, all right? What did Moses, God's man, God's future rescuer and deliverer of a nation, what would he do for the next 40 years? Well, all we know is this. His his father-in-law tended sheep. That's what Moses did. For the next 40 years, the deliverer of Israel is out there with a bunch of sheep, rescuing them if they needed, <clears throat> you know, watching over them, you know, just making sure they're fed, and then getting them back home where they belong. 40 years, that's what Moses was doing. Moses, watcher of sheep. Wow. But more importantly, as he was doing this, God was working on his heart and his character. He was learning the vital lesson of humility. That humility is so important for anyone to walk in God's call for his life. It can actually be a deal breaker. You know, I've seen people who are so gifted, they're so talented. You know, they, they're like, people look at them and they go, whoa, that's a leader. And I've seen them disqualify themselves because of a lack of humility, you know. Um, a lack of humility has shipwrecked so many people. But there in his Midian, Moses was growing in humility. See? Because it's kind of humbling just to be walking around with sheep all the live long day, right? Later, as he is leading the Israelites to the land of promise, we read something. Has Moses learned? Has he grown? Has God truly prepared him for the task at hand? Numbers 12, verse 3. Moses, now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on the face of the earth. See? He had learned humility. What described Moses? Numbers says what describes his leadership is humility. Humility is vital if we're going to walk in God's call. You see, if we don't know enough, God can teach us, right? If we don't have experience enough, God can give us experience. But if we think we know everything, then God can't do a thing with us because we know everything. And humility is so important because humility opens the door to God's grace. God gives grace to the who? To the humble. Well, what about the people who aren't humble? God opposes the proud, you see? Humility is vital. The last thing we see that in Midian, Moses grew in relying and listening to God. He learned how to rely. He learned how to listen to God. That we saw him begin to depend on God and never again would he really, well, he did one more time and, you know, he paid for that one too. But he was learning not to take matters in his own hands. He was learning to be teachable. Later, when God called him again to lead his people, Moses pleased with God. We're going to see this later in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Moses protested again, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you, 
right? He's saying, God, God, they might not even accept me, right? Moses knew that it was an impossible task on his own strength, that, that he was humble enough to say, God, 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 what if they don't? I need help, man. What if they don't? They can listen to me, right? Then, when he went to see Pharaoh, God says, go see Pharaoh. Chapter 6, verse 12. But Lord, Moses objected, my own people won't listen to me anymore. How can I expect Pharaoh to listen? I'm such a clumsy speaker. Clumsy speaker. Really? Remember what Acts 7, 22 says about Moses? That Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful both in speech and action. He was a great speaker. But he said, man, I couldn't go see Pharaoh. And he was learning what it meant to humble himself. He was learning what it meant that he had to rely on God. He couldn't do it on his own. He couldn't say, well, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good speaker. I go in the name of the Lord. Yeah, I, I think I can do this. I don't need God. Don't worry about it. I got it. And he went to speak to Pharaoh. No. He had to learn. He needed to rely on God. And that's such an important thing, that, that we would have this attitude of humility and being teachable. And then he also grew in hearing God's voice. All the days of watching them sheep, God was repairing Moses. I believe God... Uh, Moses had much time to just commune with God. You know, I, I think of David. Same thing with David, just communing with God. Learning to be sensitive to his voice. And next week, we're going to see how he was just that. He was so sensitive. He saw something peculiar out of the corner of his eyes. He knew because he knew God. He had grown to, to hear God's voice. He knew something was up there, and he went there. You see? Moses was growing in hearing God's voice. And humility, being teachable, is vital. You can't move forward without that. I mean, these are, these are so important that and in our church, when I look for leaders, I look for leaders who are humble. I look for leaders who are growing in their relationship with God, and I look for people who are teachable. You know, they may not be the best, whatever. It doesn't matter because God can grow them. But they've got to be humble. They've got to be teachable, you know. And in Midian, it looked like all Moses was doing was watching sheep, rescuing them when they needed to be, delivering them when they needed to be. But there in Midian, but there in Midian God was doing so much more. God was preparing him for the day in which he would be leading a nation back to God, to a land of promise. Scholars look back and how many people you think he was leading? A couple thousand maybe? That'd be a pretty good amount of people. Scholars would say, looking at the scriptures and as they researched that, they said he led between 2.5 to 3.5 million people. In other words, you get all the people in Hawaii, you double that. That was the group that he was, he was getting out of Egypt. I mean, if, if I said, hey, let's go to Walmart, it'll take a while for all of us here, 100 people to go to Walmart. Double, triple, I don't know how much more you got to do, I'm not good at math, but a whole bunch more to get to 3.5 million. 
And that's who Moses was in charge. God gave him a huge call. But he needed a huge character. Character is most important. You see? God needed someone who's going to be humble. God needed someone who's going to be teachable no matter what. God was going to be needed someone who was going to connect with him and listen to him and hear his voice. That was most important. And that was God's call on Moses. You see, it is out of God's love that you're going to go through times in your Midian. That your Midian might be a physical challenge, illness, might be a recent loss of some kind, might be a relationship you're in, you know, it might be the job you're in. It might be the result of a life that you spent pursuing things that aren't from God. And, and those pursuits have led you to a place in life where you face all kinds of painful and embarrassing consequences right now. But, that's, but it doesn't end there. God is preparing you, you see. If that's your median, be encouraged that your median is a place where God will prepare you. And here's the thing. Midian is not your final destination. Midian was not Moses' final destination. That was a pit stop on the way to God's call. And if you're going through a Midian right now, you're going through a hard time right now, you're going through a a time of strife right now, God is preparing you, but it's going to end. It's a pit stop. The question is, what are you going to do in that pit stop? Oh, woe with me. My life's a mess. Nobody loves me. Or, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm just going to get bitter. Who cares? The heck with out there. No. If that's what you're going to do on your pit stop, I mean, what good is that? But if you're there and say, God, you got my attention. Okay? Yeah, I've messed up. Yeah, people did stuff. Yeah, you know what? But more importantly, I know you're wanting to do something in my life. And I'm just going to, God, whatever you want, you know? If I need to grow in humility, bring it on. If I need to learn patience, bring that on. If I need to learn to trust you more, God, just whatever. And if you take advantage of your time in Midian, you will be prepared for whatever God has called you to. And here's the other thing. If your Midian seems really huge like Moses' one, it's because God has a huge call for your life. Because if God's call for your life is this big, your character has to be at least this big. Because if not, you're going to mess up. And God doesn't want us to mess up. You know, how many people got messed up? Looking in the Bible, look, Samson got messed up. Saul, King Saul, the first king in Israel, got messed up because his character didn't evolve and grow into the size of his call. Don't waste your time in Midian. Don't waste it. There's a reason and a purpose you're there. Allow God to use that time. You see, I hope to God that Jared and Tiana don't look at their time at KCF as their median, all right? But in a way, it's another stop to their destiny. This wasn't the end. 
This was a time of preparation. And as they head out, and I look at Jared and Tiana, I said, you know what? They're ready. We did what we could do. God, thank you for allowing us the privilege of, of just doing whatever we could do to get them ready. Now they're ready. And now they're off. And so we can just say, great job. And they're off to the land where God promised them to be. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Don't waste your time in Midian. It's an important time. To get here, you got to make the most of here. Right? And if you're here, just know this ain't the end. There's something better here. So learn and get there. All right, why don't you stand with me? <clears throat> Let's pray, all right? And I want to pray especially for those of you who are in your Midian. In fact, you know, we're going to continue on after service. If you need prayer, would want prayer, feel God prompting you, go get prayer. Just come and get prayer. That Me and the elders will be here. We will pray for you. If part of your meeting includes physical healing, come up. And we just want to pray. I long for the day that we're going to see cancer healed. We're going to see all kinds. We're going to see blind eyes see. We are not going to see that if we don't ever pray for that. And so we're going to pray. Because God can do anything, all right? So let's pray right now. Father, thank you that you love us so much that you prepare a place in Midian for us. But it's just a pit stop. And I pray for everyone here who is in their Midian that they would grow, that they would grow in their relationship with you, that they would grow in humility, that they would grow in their reliance with you, and they would begin to hear your voice, God. I pray that you would maximize their time and let it go by quickly that they can move on to your destiny for their lives. Thank you, Father. I want to say thank you for Midian, God. Thank you for that place of preparation. And Father, again, we thank you for the Miyamotos. Thank you they're ready, that they're off, God to take the next step in your call and your destiny for their lives. Oh, God, we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, please come up, all right? Just come up. If you have, oh, I went once before. You know what? Come again. Come for seconds. Come for thirds. Come for fourths, whatever. Just come up. But outside, there's a table. You can answer any, get any questions, support the Miyamoto's. If not, see you tonight at 5 o'clock at Moana Grand Missionary Church. All right? God bless. <laughs>